This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Whole Hog Football Podcast, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and more. Here's your host, Matt Jones, with Scotty Bordelon of the Hog Sports Network and wholehogsports.com. I'd say out of everything that's happened with Razorback football in the last few days, really the only thing surprising to me is how bad the offense looked against Mississippi State. There was no way you could have predicted that Arkansas was going to look that poor. And you could say, oh, well, they haven't looked good in this game, this game, this game. Mississippi State's got the worst defense in the SEC. Uh, I don't think it looks that way right now in the statistics because of just how good things look from the Arkansas game last weekend. But uh, I think when we look back at the end of the season, Mississippi State's going to be right there with Vanderbilt, maybe Auburn, as the teams that are going to be you know, worst in the SEC and worse by a good margin. You, know, you think about what Mississippi State did before they came to Arkansas, and they gave up touchdowns on just about every other possession to Alabama and LSU and South Carolina. And Arkansas certainly doesn't have that kind of offense, but uh, I don't think that Arkansas's offense is nearly as bad as what it showed against Mississippi State. It was just a, a, a an awful, lethargic performance by, uh, I'd say, everyone, top down. Coaches, players, everybody has to take responsibility for that loss to Mississippi State, at least in terms of how they played offensively. The defense was great. Special teams were great. Uh, but the offense was really, really bad against Mississippi State. And so it didn't surprise me at all on Sunday when Dan Enos got fired. Um, it's been a, a just a really bad year offensively for this team. Lots of puzzling decisions, I think, even as you watch games. And then I was really intrigued to listen to Sam Pittman on Monday, kind of detail some of his thoughts, uh, you know, kind of pull back the curtain a little bit into his thoughts, firing Dan Enos, talking about things like, well, we'd practice something during the week and then well, where was it on Saturday? Well, I think as a head coach, you have to bear some of the responsibility for that. You got to get in there and you've got to say, this is what we're going to do. This is what you've been hired to do. This is what the game plan looks like. This, this, this. And so it, it just all comes off as really puzzling to me. Uh, Arkansas is set for four more games. They get the week off, thank goodness, uh, before they go to Florida next week. The SEC announced on Monday that that's going to be an 11 a.m. Central kickoff in the swamp. It's going to be televised on ESPN2. Arkansas has got a lot of things to figure out before they play Florida next week, and we're going to try to break it all down today. I'm Matt Jones with Scotty Bordelon and Ethan Westerman. And, and Scotty, I'll just start with you, your thoughts on what all's transpired here over the last 72 hours in Razorback football. Yeah, it would have been perfectly fine if you had just kept going the whole time. Um, now, like going back to um, Mississippi State's defense and what Arkansas did against it, Mississippi State gave up 28 to Western Michigan. Yeah. Uh the week before it's by. And then Arkansas goes out and lays a total turd on offense um in front of its home fans and in their first time back in that stadium in 5 weeks and mm-hmm. it the the effort I think especially on the offensive side and the performance I mean, it may make people stay away the rest of the year. Like we talked before the game that this, that the Mississippi state game would probably be a determining factor, at least in some ways as to what the rest of the home crowds would, would be the rest of the year. The FIU crowd's not going to be good. Now the Auburn game, people will probably show up because it's probably their best, um, their best shot at winning an sec game, but who knows? Um, 
I think Auburn scored a late touchdown last week and kind of hung with with Ole Miss. But I think that I think Ole Miss kind of had that game in control. Auburn's struggling, but I don't think I don't think they're struggling as bad as Arkansas did um, last Saturday. And I mean, you can I wrote this the other day. You can look at the final box score, and you can just kind of cherry pick for hours like the ugliest stat that's on there and one of the stats that you might not find in the final box but you can see it in the, the total team stats Arkansas doesn't have a rushing touchdown in five SEC games and um or doesn't have a, a rushing touchdown in SEC play which is just boggles the mind they've got six rushing scores in in eight games this season mm-hmm. um, the last one came against BYU so the run game has just been terrible um, the passing game the other day averaged 5.1 yards per completion, which that's just, it almost, those are like numbers when you've got a quarterback back there, who's like still got the training wheels on. And that's not at all what KJ is. Um, I, I agree with Sam, like, and we, we kind of knew it without saying it, but that offense just, it lost its spirit. Like it just looked like. It was going out on the field like, oh man, here I guess we have to go back out there again, and that's what led to, at least partly, what led to a completely lifeless effort and showing the other day. Like it was just, it's completely unbelievable to me that Arkansas's defense defense in an SEC game gave up seven points and two hundred five yards, and it is not the primary talking point. That absolutely blows my mind. Um, but that's where the offense is. And with Dan Enos gone, I, I'm like, I don't know. I realized I asked Sam Pittman Monday. I was like, what realistically can improve on offense? Um, because Dan Enos was an issue. And for whatever reason, the offense just didn't click with the guys. Um, but he wasn't the only issue. Like they've still got problems. Um, by week maybe came at a good time, but now you're, you know, your play caller is going to be a guy who hasn't called plays in college before and his first game is going to be in the swamp. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a mess for sure. I don't, I just don't know how else to put it. Kenny Guyton's going to be the offensive coordinator for Arkansas moving forward. He's going to be the quarterback's coach too. He's been the receivers coach for the last, uh, two, three years came in with Kendall Bryles or, or he had coached with Kendall Bryles previously. Obviously he played quarterback at Ohio state. They've uh, promoted, uh, Scotty is a graduate assistant, Derek Keefe. He was a, a senior quality control okay. coach on the offense, Derek Keefe. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of the analysts' quality control. Uh, they all kind of do similar I have, work. I have seen, like when we've gone to practices in the preseason and and during this season, he's I've I've recognized him. I did, honestly okay. didn't when I was at practice didn't know his name, but now that and he's I, been I a receivers bio, coach previously. Yeah, he was at uh, Towson, Towson, I believe, yeah, the previous I... two years and played played ball at Alabama for a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, that's that's what they're going to do personnel-wise. Guyton's going to call the plays. Pippen, he, he didn't really say exactly if Guyton's going to call plays from the sideline or the press box. I think he did say that he feels more comfortable on the sideline, but that's going to be, again, there's a lot of moving pieces, I think, to, to getting ready for this Florida game. And like Scotty mentioned, you got Kenny Guyton. He's 33 years old. He's never coordinated an offense. He's never called plays. And I just feel like having him do that for the first time in the swamp, I mean, my gosh, I guess you got to start somewhere. But holy cow, in the middle of a season at Florida in that type of environment potentially, uh, that's that's amazing to me. Uh, 
going back to one thing you did say though, Scotty, about the, the Auburn attendance and, and what it's going to look like the rest of the year. I think a lot of that's going to be dependent on how the team looks in Florida. If they look like a different team, if they look like an inspired team, uh, you know, if they look like they, they care and, you know, lo and behold, if they were to go out and actually upset Florida, which I don't think is really uh, that far, you know, out of the, the question, Florida's not a, a, a bad team. They're not a, a great team this year either. Uh, you know, if, if you're ever going to beat Florida in the swamp, I would think that this year would be one of the years that you might be able to go in there and do it. And you talk about defense travels. Uh, the defense is playing well enough to win for Arkansas. They they played well enough to win a lot of these games that they uh, haven't won this season. I think LSU would be the only game where you'd say the defense didn't play real well. Maybe A&M too. A&M wasn't a great defensive performance. But, you know, then again, they only let the, the Aggies uh, score, I think, two offensive touchdowns in that game. But uh, I digress. Uh, it, it goes, I think the Florida game is going to be a big factor in how people view the rest of this season. Cause if they go to Florida and they don't play well and they play like they usually do in the swamp. They've lost their, every game they've ever played there by an average of like 23 points a game. If they have that type of performance in Gainesville, people are going to check out on the rest of the season. They're not going to be, um, in the contention for a bowl game. They're just hanging on for bowl contention, you know, by the hair of their chinny chin chin. You got to win out. You got to win out. You got to beat Florida. Then you got to run the table at home and you got a really good Missouri team at the back end of the schedule. Uh, it just, uh, I think Florida is going to be kind of the make or break point for a lot of people on this season. Uh, but, you know, as far as it goes, because uh, I don't think Sam Pittman's out of the woods here. Uh in terms of, you know, he, he's fired his offensive coordinator. He has, uh, you know, obviously I, I thought that the decision to fire Enos, which I don't think was an easy decision. He's got a $2.8 million buyout. He's less than 10 months into the job. Uh, that's going to scare away some potential candidates. If, if Pittman's the one who is able to make that coordinator hire when the season ends a, a full-time, you know, a full-time staff member to, replace Dan Enos. I think that, you know, people are going to be scared by what they, what they just perceive from the outside because people don't look at it the way we do. They don't see every snap. They just see, Hey, he had an offensive coordinator. It was a guy he knew previously and he's gone less than 10 months into the job. That's, that's, that's a scary proposition. I would think as an assistant coach, if I was considering coming to Arkansas, but, but going back to, he made a difficult decision to, to fire Dan Enos. And, you know, I thought on Monday, it was a, a good look for Sam just to say, look, I don't want the buyout. I want to win. You know, it was clearly the words of a coach who has not checked out on this season, but I don't think he's out of hot water. I, I think that he's got to show here over the final four weeks that, that his own coaching is going to improve, whether that be having the team more motivated, whether that be in-game decision-making, which is something we've talked a lot about. I mean, how horrible of a look was it in the Mississippi State game where you're within Cam Little's range and you hesitate for 10, 15 seconds about whether or not you want to kick the field goal and you don't use a timeout and you take a delay a game and all of a sudden, you know, your your scoring opportunity is not there. It's just a, a horrible day all around for Arkansas. I mean, we've sat through Chad Morris years. We've we've sat through Brett Bielema years. You know, I'm I'm old enough that, you know, when I was younger, I watched some some really bad football under Danny Ford. But. Gosh, I just can't remember a lot of SEC games that were just that bad as Saturday when you take everything into consideration, including the talent level. The talent level is there for Arkansas 
to be able to beat Mississippi State and not just beat them, but beat them by double digits and to have that type of performance. Gosh, I, I just I, I thought it was terrible because there have been years where Arkansas hasn't looked good in SEC games. And it's because you look across the line of scrimmage and they're not as good as the team they're playing. This team is good enough to be a six win team right now. They just haven't gotten it done. And and, and I think it I think it starts with the head coach. You know, had you told me prior to Saturday that Mississippi State would have 205 yards and score seven points, just from all that I'd done looking at Mississippi State for the scouting report and everything for the magazine, I would have told you Arkansas, are they winning that game 35-7 or something? I mean, that's how bad Mississippi State's defense has been. I know we're, we keep on harping on it, but you just can't say it enough. It was unacceptable what happened. I mean, nobody's been having that that lack of production against Mississippi state. I don't care what they did during the bye week. They aren't, you can't drastically change what you're doing that much to be that much better of a defense. It was, it was just terrible. And, and really the highlight of the game was, you know, with I think 12 and a half minutes left in the first quarter, whenever Arkansas gets the interception and kicks a field goal, that was, I think Arkansas's last time in the red zone. I mean, it's not only that they weren't, scoring it's they weren't even getting close to scoring and then on the one time that you do have a chance to score in a game that clearly you're needing points it's a coaching goof up with cam little mm-hmm. and here's my thing at that point it's like you know you could have taken a timeout after that and cam little's made a 56 yarder this year you could have still tried to get a field goal i get it might have been playing field position but in a defensive game like that at some point you just got to trust your defense and try and get points where you can get them because they weren't scoring in any other way it just was ugly. I mean, if it wasn't the offense messing up, it was coach. I mean, it was just all around, like you said, just an ugly game. It was, I don't know. It was some of the worst football I think I've ever watched. Um, I mean, the defense clearly came to play and they've been playing well all year. Um, It's just at some point, whenever you have an offense like this, that can't do anything, you got to wonder if the defense is going to keep it up. I mean, I think what Travis Williams is doing and um, clearly he's got a lot of buy-in from those guys on that side of the ball. I think that he's the type of coach that'll keep them still motivated, playing hard, but man, you can't have a performance like that again or else you might see an entire team check out. I mean, I think Scotty said it earlier. It just seemed like on Saturday, it was like the offense was like, Oh, we got to go back out there again. It was just, it was just ugly. I mean, all you need is four points. They're glutton <laughs> and, for punishment. I mean, it was just it was just unbelievable. I mean, I you really can't make up what happened, how bad it was. Um, and just to think that Arkansas's I I mean, the offense hasn't looked good, but I mean they went to Alabama and scored twenty one points against a much better defense. They're they, competitive. Yeah. It's just what happened was unbelievable. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I use these efficiency ratings and you guys probably roll your eyes that I've, I've gone off the rails with this. But, you know, Mississippi State uh, was three times worse efficiency than Alabama and Arkansas offensively at Alabama was three times better, if not more. I mean, probably about six or seven, eight times better actually against Alabama than it was against Mississippi State. It just it, it boggles the mind. There, there's there's not a greater statistical an- an anomaly this year in the SEC, I think, than Mississippi State playing that well defensively. You're not going to see it again. They're going to play Auburn this week. Auburn is the worst offense in the SEC, and it's not going to surprise me if Auburn scores three, four, five times against Mississippi State. I, I just don't think you're ever going to see this Mississippi State team duplicate that defensive performance 
that they had against Arkansas last Saturday. I heard somebody, you talked about how ugly it was. I heard somebody in the press box say, well, you know, this, like, this looks like a junior high game. Well, I'd been to a junior high game two days before Woodland and Grimsley, and it was way more entertaining than Arkansas and Mississippi state. There was in Woodland Grimsley, there's a, a goal line stand uh, by one team. And then there's a 99 yard touchdown. That was way more entertaining than anything I saw in this SEC game between the Razorbacks and Mississippi State on Saturday. And going back to you know Arkansas' struggles and some of the coaching decision, I'll tell you one number when the when the sharks start circling the water a little bit, when coaches get in hot water, uh, there's always you always see these stats, you know, well, it's this and this and this, and people are making these uh campaigns against him. And we saw it with Houston Nutt. He he was, you know, this and this, and he had this record against Tennessee and Florida and Georgia, and you go on down the list, you're starting to see these things pop up with Sam Pittman too. But I tell you, the one number that really jumps out to me is the uh, record that Sam has in one possession games. They are 0-5 this year in one possession games, and that comes on the heels of last year when they had all these really close losses to A&M and Liberty and LSU and Missouri. I think in their last 18 games, they have played 10 one-possession games, and they've lost nine of them. That is a really, really bad look if you're a coach who's who's in hot water, like I think Sam Pittman uh, probably is in right now. Yeah, I don't think I got got by the internet the other day, but I, I believe I saw a graphic where Arkansas um, Arkansas has given up four, at least four sacks in like six straight games, and it's like the longest streak yeah, I in like the last 20 years. I could be misremembering those numbers, but I do remember seeing a graphic um, and I saw on social media the other day too, that people were like comparing the Arkansas Mississippi state game to that three, two game that Mississippi state and Auburn played, um, all those years ago. I don't even, I don't remember what year it was on the top of my head, but man, buddy, that's not good. Comp- that's not good company to be in <laughs> at all. Um, it's just, yeah, I think we've said it. It's, it's mind boggling, brutal, um, tough to watch. Like I just, after so many, I think almost every series, Matt, I looked over at you and I said, this team gets into third down quicker than any offense I've ever seen. And a lot of times it's third and eight, third and nine, third and 11, third and 14. And it's like, they can't, they just can't get out of their own way. I just, it's, it's crazy. You talk about three to two. The game that I was thinking about was nine to five. Arkansas lost to Baylor. I think it might have been their last Southwest Conference game in Fayetteville. It was in 91. But at least that game, you had snow coming down. It was like 20 degrees outside. This one, it's a picture perfect day. You shouldn't be struggling like that offensively. I just, it, I, we're going, we're just kind of, it, it boggles the mind what we saw on and Saturday. <laughs> I mean, it's funny I still to me, can't get Matt, over it. I was going to say, it's funny to me. You've been saying all year it's been some, ugly average football Saturday was that was there was nothing average about that that was just ugly bad football it was it it made me want to throw up we'll talk more about the Razorbacks and kind of the stretch coming ahead what, what we think we might see in these games against Florida and Auburn FIU and Missouri uh, going down the stretch in November first I want to tell you the whole hog football podcast is sponsored by Kendall King design displays signage kindleking.com that's k-e-n-d-a-l-k-i-n-g.com the kindle king group family of companies plays to win just like our hogs we know how demanding retail marketing is today from digital omni-channel creative services through in-store signing and displays and finally to social influence we've got you covered 
are KKG Inc. family of companies, Kindle King, Shopcart Creative, and Soapbox Influence are winning with multiple retailers and brands. We play to win and we'll be a winning partner for all your retail marketing service needs. Go Hogs! So Kenny Guyton's going to coordinate Arkansas's offense going down the stretch here. Uh, defensively, I think we're going to continue to see good play out of Arkansas. I mean, Florida offense is a little bit better than maybe people give them credit for. Uh, they're in the top half of the SEC in these efficiency rankings. Auburn, I mentioned that they're at the bottom. Missouri, I think, is going to be a, a challenge for them because Brady Cook is playing really well. Uh, they've got Luther Burden, uh, the third, a receiver who uh, is is a, a really good candidate to win the Bolitnikoff Award, I think, this season, or, or certainly at least be a finalist uh, for that award as the best receiver in the country. You know, one of the things that you know, we mentioned a little bit ago, Pittman in his Monday press conference talking about but we practice these things and then you just don't see them in the game. And I think the main element that he was referencing there was rolling the pocket. Uh, I may have that wrong, Scotty, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, he, he talked about that before. I think they went to LSU. We're going to roll the pocket more, get KJ on the, on the uh, move outside the pocket more, put him on the run. And we saw it some, but we just didn't see it very much. And so, you know, what, the offense has kind of devolved into over the past few weeks is basically KJ Jefferson becoming a drop back passer, like he's Aaron Rodgers or something. And that's not his game. I mean, he, his whole career, all of these stats that we talk about, he, you know, he's the leading touchdown scorer in Arkansas history. And he's up there in all these different categories. It's all been a byproduct, I think of his ability to get outside the pocket, be a run pass quarterback and I think that's where he's at his best. And he's certainly not as at his best when he's dropping back 29 times like he did against Mississippi State. Pittman said that he'd rather see it happen eight to 10 times that he's thrown from the pocket. And when you're trying to drop back and, and be a pocket passer with an offensive line that can't pass protect, uh, it's, it's just a disaster. And that's what we saw against Mississippi State on Saturday. So I'm interested to see how much this offense changes going into Florida uh, Florida is a, a pretty good defensive group, uh, so it's it's not going to be the easiest deal to to go in there and and um, you know have a new look offense, if you will. I, I don't. I, I would caution people who think that Kenny Guyton being the offensive coordinator is going to change the offense, you know, just just drastically. Because I mean, you guys know how long it takes them to put these playbooks in. They do it all spring. They do it in meetings throughout the summer. They do it in preseason camp. This isn't something that you can just totally hey, we're throwing this away and, and we're going to bring something in new in the next two weeks. That's not how this works. Pittman talked about they're going to try to scale back the volume of plays and, and try to find plays that have worked or or that you know they think might work against Florida and, and have a, a smaller playbook moving forward this year. But I'm interested to see just how much KJ gets out of the pocket against the Gators because to me, and I've talked about this a number of times, whether it be on this podcast or in the keys that we write uh, for our website, it just feels like that has been one of the main things that has been lacking from this team because this team was supposed to be strength on offense and the strength on offense was the play of its quarterback and the quarterback strength was getting outside the pocket. And, and you kind of see like when one doesn't happen, the other things don't happen. And I think that's one of the reasons where we, where the Razorbacks are, where they are right now. Yeah. It was kind of crazy to me yesterday when I asked, Sam about um 
you know, you'd mentioned several times in weeks past that you wanted to roll the pocket and didn't really do it. Like it may have materialized a, a few times, but it wasn't something that was like, oh man, it looks like they're making a real concerted effort to do this. And Sam was just like, yeah, we practiced it. We just didn't do it. And it seems like a lot of hardheadedness from, from and he Dan. gave that look he gave that look what he said he just kind of threw up his hands like yeah you understand what i'm saying i can't really say it but you, you see what i'm saying right here? yeah it was absolutely one of those i think at a certain point though like it almost made me think that sam was saying that sam was saying that we need to roll the pocket um on like mondays and then when we would talk to him on wednesdays like with the hopes that that dan would listen to the to the video and kind of take a hint from that. But I think like at a certain point, if you're not doing what you're practicing and what you're doing instead, isn't working, it just, and it just, it doesn't make sense. Like there's just a disconnect right there. And it seems like, um, well, some hard headed, it, it seems like some hard headedness. And then you would think at like some point, Sam would be, from where he's standing kind of sick of another drop back, another drop back, another drop back. And he would might maybe like micromanage a little bit and be like, Hey Dan, we're, you know, we practice this one thing and now we're not doing it. Um, they did, they did try it. I feel like early in the game uh, before Cam Little came out for his field goal and the play just, it just didn't work. KJ threw short of, of Ty Washington mm -hmm. um, on that, but it wasn't one of those things where it was like, yeah, we tried it. A, we tried it a bunch and it just, you know, it didn't, it didn't, you know, the success that we thought it would bring didn't really happen. It was just like, we'll try it a few times. And if it works, you know, we may come back around to it at some point. Um, but I think letting KJ at this point with as much as he's been, beaten up i would imagine that's taken a toll on him mentally and then when he's in the pocket he's probably seeing ghosts a little bit you know when he does have a clean pocket and he may not have um you know sure feet or you know his mechanics not might, may not be proper to you know step into a throw downfield mm -hmm. um, which is something that we haven't seen a whole lot of this year um but yeah i mean he's got seven picks this year so he's something's going on with him mentally i would imagine having been hit as much as he has this year um and it, it's got to be mental with him sam said that yesterday it's got to be mental with him as much as he's been hit because he threw nine picks combined in his first two full seasons as a starter yeah he's always been the type of quarterback that takes care of the ball that incomplete pass by the way even though it was incomplete i thought that was one of the best looking offensive plays they had all day and that tells you about the type of offensive game that they had that you know we're talking about an incomplete pass is is one of at least it was designed well and it was executed well outside of the throw uh, by KJ. It was just it was just short to to Washington who was open in the end zone. Going back to that deal though, with you know we're we're practicing this and and then we're not seeing it in the game. Is that not an indictment on the just the overall something? I mean, is, is that not an indictment on the head coach that that what you practice is is not what you're seeing in the game and it takes until week eight to make a change about that. I just, it, that really struck me as really odd. It just, it seems to me like there was a disconnect somewhere. You know this what I mean? One it's of those like, deals, Scotty, you know, it's like Pittman is not an offensive. He's not like a Bobby Petrino or, uh, you know, where he's going to be intimately involved in the offensive game plan. That's not to say that he's not involved. Cause I think he is, 
but you know, like a, a, a Petrino type is one because he's, he's such a, a great offensive mind. And, and you could say the same thing about tons of other coaches, whether it be a, a Lincoln Riley or a Gus Malzahn or, or whoever, you know, they're going to, or maybe a Brent Venables, a defensive side at OU, they're going to be really involved, I think, in that side of the ball where their specialty is in their game planning. And I think Pittman is, is more, uh, you, you hear coaches referred to as a CEO type where, you know, you hire your guys and you let them do what they're they're paid to do. You're going to be involved in it to a, a certain extent, but he's not he's not a real micromanager, I don't think. And and maybe that's where these comments uh, come from. I, I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, I just yeah, I think it's just a, a disconnect, and it may have been one of those deals where Dan sees himself obviously as the guy on offense who you know has control. Um, and maybe he took the rolling the pocket thing as just like, like a suggestion. And Dan was like, yeah, I, I kind of know, I, I know what I'm doing here. Um, but at a certain point, like as the head coach, you pull your head coach card, right? Like you've been practicing it and you won't do this one thing in the game that might, you know, help your quarterback not get hit for a change and you won't do it. It just, I, I don't know. I feel like this whole podcast has just been Therapy. talking about things that are just mind boggling to me. Like, all, like Sam could have just been like, Dan, call the, ro- like pl- call the plays that help KJ get outside the pocket and let's keep him on his feet for a couple of plays for maybe the first time this year. Like, I don't maybe make a suggestion like that, but at some point I, I would think that, yeah, Sam would have, Sam definitely needed to to pull that that head coach card. Yeah, it's it's just just very odd. A, l- a lot of things that have happened here over the last few days in in terms of of what's been said, whether it be Pittman after the game admitting I didn't know what to do with the field goal unit, or the thing he said yesterday about we'd practice it but we didn't run it. And I don't know, just just kind of strange. I do want to go real quick. I looked up these numbers. Um, about Danny Nose's offense. And, and again, this is just five games in the SEC, but this is against the other uh, offensive coordinators over the last several years uh, and, and how efficient they were in the SEC. And really the two numbers that stand out to me, Dan Enos, this year Arkansas offense has a 233 offensive efficiency. They have scored, uh, let me look this up, 88 points in 54 possessions of SEC play. And over the last four games, that's 57 points in 46 possessions. Uh, that's really bad. That's 1.24 um, per possession. You look at that versus what Kendall Bryles did here uh, last season, and the the numbers were wonderful last year. I mean, they had a 336 offensive efficiency rating. That's over 100 points better than what they're at through five games this year. Uh, they had 226 points last year in 96 possessions. That's 2.35 points per possession, so almost a full point better per possession than what they're scoring this year, and that's with a lot of the same personnel. I know the offensive line is a little bit different. They lost some offensive linemen off that team last year. Uh, they've got some different skill players. They don't have Rocket Sanders. I think that's a, uh, you know, that's something that you have to account for, the fact that he hasn't played, but I still think they've got some capable running backs um, that just – for whatever reason, aren't getting the job done, whether it be the offensive line, whether it be the back, whether it be blocking of the receivers and tight ends, or, or most likely some combination of all of those things. Uh, just Enos's offense, just not nearly as efficient as what we saw last year under Kendall Bryles. And when you take 
And I go back to Enos's first year at Arkansas in 2015. The year before, they'd been horrible under Jim Chaney, 223 offensive efficiency rating in 2014. Enos comes in, they have a 410 offensive efficiency rating. That's the best Arkansas maybe has ever had, but it's certainly the best in, in any of the numbers I've ever pulled. And that includes the Petrino years. Better offense than what we saw in the Petrino years. That's that's a real high praise. But on the flip side, just like we noticed how drastically improved they were from 14 to 15 when Enos came in, we noticed this time because of how good they were last year with Bryles. Maybe we didn't appreciate it at the time, but how good they were last year with Bryles, it really stands in stark contrast to just how poor they were this year. For sure. I think always on the heels of something – um, there was a lot better. I mean, this year just it's it's just you're you weren't used to seeing Arkansas especially not be able to run the ball. And I think that's just dictated everything, honestly. Like they can't run the ball, so they're always behind the chains, and they can't pass box, so they're always getting sacked. It's just yeah, it's just the offense isn't functioning. I mean, and you even think last year, I don't know what those efficiency numbers, I know you said last year's was over a hundred points better, but I bet even that twenty twenty one season yeah, was probably even higher under yeah, three, Bryles. A three thirty um, efficiency rating in twenty twenty one, basically the same as twenty twenty two, just a little bit lower. They were just pretty consistent as far as I mean, they weren't by any means like the best offense in the SEC or anything. But I mean, heck, you take one of those Kendall Bryles offenses either year of that and combine it with Arkansas's defense this year, and who knows what record they have? I mean, all these have been one possession games. It's just, it's honestly, the defense or the offense has been that bad that. I mean, the, it's just crazy to me. It's like if you take any bit better of an offense, this – who knows? They might be a four or five win team right now. Yeah, or or more. I mean, or more. I think they could have easily beaten Ole Miss with a better offense. I think they could have beaten Alabama with a better offense. I think they would have beaten BYU with a better offense potentially. Um, would have won the other day with a better offense. I, th- I think you could be looking at a six-win team right now with better offensive numbers. I mean, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would certainly think so. And I think one of the biggest things for me is just like this offense is just lacks any kind of explosiveness whatsoever. I mean, and the other day was a pretty good example of that. KJ had three passes uh, completed more than 10 yards downfield. He like in years past, he's done that on a single drive. And we're to the point with this Arkansas run game where if they pick up five yards, like the stadium goes nuts. And we got so used to seeing five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten yard runs in the last couple of years that we were mm-hmm. almost kind of numb to it. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is what this offense is supposed to look like. Um, and then, you know, if if a Arkansas running back gets the ball in the backfield without getting hit, it's almost a cause for celebration too. It's just like, hey, I'm able to get to the line of scrimmage without you know throw it, trying to get a 300 pound defensive tackle off of me. It's a it's just weird, man. It's just there's no explosiveness whatsoever. Very few deep shots because you can't protect long enough. Um, and really, honestly, your best plays in the past game um, were with Rocket in the last few weeks in the screen game. And I got I got pretty frustrated. Honestly, I, I normally don't get real frustrated. It's just kind of like sometimes it's funny how bad it can be to me. Um, but the other day it was like these receivers kept running like five yard routes and you're you this offense cannot nickel and dime the ball down the field it just doesn't have the the willpower to do that I think I'm an optimistic person by nature and so I I still feel like it wouldn't surprise me if Arkansas went into the Missouri game 
at five and six with a chance to go to a bowl game. But I think it all hinges on Florida. Obviously, it all hinges on Florida. They got to win to be in that position. But I think if you beat Florida, you take the momentum out of that and you can beat Auburn at home. Obviously, you should beat FIU or something's really wrong. And then you could be five and six going to the Missouri game. So the season, it's not going to end like a lot of people wanted it to. That's that's a given. But I, I still think that there is a chance to salvage something out of this year uh, by getting to a bowl game, even if it's a, the Birmingham Bowl. Um, do I think it's likely? No, I don't. I think they'll lose to Florida. But it wouldn't surprise me with the way their defense has been playing to go down there in an early game. You're not going to have the crazy night environment um, that might bother you in, in the swamp, you know, uh, with it being a later kickoff. You know, maybe they're able to go down there and win. Yeah, but uh, it's just uh, it's been a rough few days for the Razorbacks. It's been a rough few weeks. I, I think we all know that. This is a team that's uh, capable of doing a lot better than it has, but we'll see how the season ends. I still, and this kind of goes back to that optimistic nature, the fact that Arkansas has been as competitive in the games, um, I think still makes me believe that it's got some wins in there. Even the Mississippi State game, it would have been easy for that defense to check out with the offense performing the way it did and, and all of a sudden lose that game 21 to three to Mississippi state. And the fact that they're still playing hard, even though they're not playing well in all facets, I think that that is, uh, you know, you start thinking about, you know, what do you, you say is, is good and bad about what's going on this year with the coach and all this. I think the fact they're still playing hard for their coach um, that, that speaks volumes. And, and I'm talking about just the, the team as a whole, even though, you know, we know what Pittman said about enthusiasm, lack of spirit offensively and those types of things. All right. This is going to be our only podcast this week. We're going to kind of switch into basketball mode with Arkansas playing Purdue this weekend at Bud Walton arena. And we'll be back with another podcast. First part of next week to look ahead to the, I'm sorry, the end of next week, we will do one podcast next week. Uh, a preview for Arkansas, Florida. Hope you come to wholehogsports.com before then to read all of our football and basketball coverage. For Scotty Bordelon and Ethan Westerman, I'm Matt Jones. We appreciate you joining us, and we will see you next time on the Whole Hog Football Podcast. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media. 